Danny. Danny, thank you so much for having me back. And it's a joy to be back. And I believe you put a good spell uh, on the journey of Voice Wallers Universe about two years ago. And um, I've never, ever forgotten uh, how kind and generous you were to have me on early on um, when Trent Dalton and the world of uh, literary fiction went, were pretty strange to each other. And uh, I was very touched that you took the time of day. And, I'm, and it's so cool that you took the time of day again. Who wouldn't want to celebrate the Words and Nerds fabulous podcast? Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. On this podcast, we chat about books, the writing process, and how literature has the power to change the world. I'm your host, Danny B, and I am super duper, super extra excited to welcome Australian author, Sandy Docker. How are you, Sandy? I'm well, thank you, Danny. That was a lot of supers. I'm not sure I can uh, live up to those expectations. <laughs> I know, I'm super, super excited. I'll actually introduce you properly. I just wanted to say hello before I read out your bio, because <laughs> you are, as we know, the Sandy to my Danny. So, you know, it's, a, it's a romance just waiting to happen. It is. It's not waiting. Sandy. <laughs> it's already <laughs> happening. It's happening. <laughs> so, Sandy, I'm going to read this. Does, is this funny when someone's reading out your bio? Yeah, it feels very surreal. I'm, I'm going to do it in a bit of a professional voice. Excellent. Sandy Docker grew up in Coffs Harbour and first fell in love with reading when her father introduced her to fantasy books as a teenager. Her love of women's fiction began when she first read Jane Austen for the HSC. Oh, I love Jane Austen too. But it wasn't until she started taking translation course at university that her Mandarin lecturer suggested she might have a knack for writing and a knack for writing you do have, Sandy. Sandy writes about love, loss, family and small country towns. Her debut novel, The Kookaburra Creek Cafe, was released in 2018, The Cottage at Rosella Cove in 2019, the German edition of The Kookaburra Creek Cafe, which is very cool and I'm not even going to try and say that was released in January 2020. The Banksia Bay Beat Shack, also Danny's favourite book, was released in 2020. And her fourth novel, The Wattle Island Book Club, released August 31. Welcome, Sandy. Thank you, Danny. Thank you for having me. It sounds <laughs> um, sounds like I've been really busy, doesn't it? Oh, it sounds wonderful. Do you know how to say that title in German? Yeah, Das Kleiner uh, Café de Grossen Träume. Oh, you say it so well. <laughs> I lived in Germany for a year. So. Oh, I can tell. I wasn't even going to attempt it. That would have been horrible, but you said it beautifully. Is it really cool? Can you read German at all? Uh, it's been a long time. I was an exchange student there when I was 18, so um, I won't tell you how long ago that was. It's been a while. Five years. Uh, yeah, yeah, just a few ago. years. Um, so I still I still get letters and emails from wow. my host families in German. Oh, that's awesome. But that's a bit different than reading a whole novel. So I haven't actually read it. I've got a copy of it, um, but I haven't been game enough to try to read it, it even though be. I know what happens. Yeah. <laughs> it must be so surreal, though, having a book in another, translated in another language. That, that must be amazing. Yeah, that was a pretty cool moment. Um, mm. There's been a lot of cool moments on this journey and that's definitely one of them. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. Well, the Waddle Island Book Club, your most recent book, which of course I loved. I love all your work. I think I put on social media today. I love Sandy's work, but I love Sandy even more. <laughs> you did. Thank you. <laughs> Can you give us an elevator pitch as to what the Waddle Island Book Club is about? Sure. It's the story of Grace, who is a young librarian battling some personal trauma, shall we say, and she's contacted by Anne, who's an octogenarian matriarch of Wattle Island, and she wants to restart the Wattle Island Book Club. The book club had been running for about 60 years, but seven years ago it stopped. 
all of a sudden. And as Grace gets to know Anne, she discovers that there's something big that the island inhabitants just don't speak of. And she's determined to uncover what that mystery is and help the book club reignite. So she takes a trip over to Wattle Island to try to uncover the truth. And she forms a really unlikely friendship with Anne and together they have to move beyond their own personal traumas to heal the past and they work together to secure the town and the book club's future and I like to think that it's a story that celebrates new beginnings and the power of literature and community and the fact that it is never too late to rewrite your story oh and that is my next question because I loved that idea of it's never too late to rewrite your life it's so hopeful and it's true because it's a really lovely thought that you can still find happiness or contentment or whatever it is you're looking for at any point in your life even if it's difficult tell me about this idea because it just resonated so much yeah it's something that um like most of my themes come through once I start writing. I don't plan my novels. I start with just a speck of an idea and see where the characters take me. And this is where Grace and Anne took me on their journey. And even though Grace is in her 30s, you know, she's had to overcome some fairly big things in her life and she's taking life by the horns and and going for it and Anne who's in her 80s is also reinventing herself in her later years and even some of the side characters like Sam Anne's grandson who's also gone through some things he has to reinvent himself and find out who he is now in his life and and I think it's something really important because I don't know about you Danny but my life certainly hasn't gone according to what I thought it was going to do when I was you know 18 and 19 and I had these (laughs) grand ideas of where my life was going to go and we get hung up on that I think particularly when we're young and when it doesn't turn out the way we're expecting it can be quite devastating so I think it's really important to send that message that you know yeah life doesn't always go according to plan but that doesn't mean it's a bad thing and Mm. you know I'm in my late 40s now and you know this is not where I thought I was going to be at this point in time but I'm so glad I'm here. Mm, That's true and I like the evolution of people because I often see in you know young adult fiction there's that coming of age but I like to think of the idea that we're always coming of age and we're always evolving and we're always you know leaning into new experiences which then change us even if it's in subtle ways so I really like the idea of all of us evolving at our own pace constantly through life. Yeah, and what's life if we're not constantly Mm. evolving? You know, I don't want to be the same person I was when I was 20. No, definitely not. Please, God, no. (laughs) Um, And in 20 years' time from now, I want to have had a whole bunch of different experiences and, and be in a different place to the place I'm in now as well. Mm, yeah but there is something very special about sort of every decade isn't there you know we we laughed about the 20s looking back but in the 20s it's also a really special time because there is that hope and optimism and you can do anything you know it's not till you get to your 30s and you go maybe I can't do everything but they're all very sort of special experiences of idealism or you know um you know realism and then getting into you know that later 30s 40s and going okay but all of that's okay you know, because I think when you start to get to your late 30s, 40s, you start just to accept things more. Go, yeah, everything's not going to go according to plan. That's okay. Because as you said, it's never too late to rewrite your life. I love that so much. And I think acceptance, which is what you just mentioned, then is the biggest part of it. 
you know, whatever stage you're in, and it's not necessarily an age, it can be a stage depending Mm, on, you know, where you are in your relationships, if you have or haven't had children, those sorts of big life events, as long as you accept that that's what it is, Mm. and it's not always going to be the same, and and accept that, you know, that cocky 20-year-old that I was, even though she's not there anymore, she's still part of who I am today, and it's just like, yeah, okay, so we're moving on, but, yeah, she was still pretty cool. Yeah, that's right, the the cocky 20-year-old full of (laughs) self-doubt. Yeah, <laughs> self-doubt never goes away. I don't no, think the older never, you get. Never. <laughs> I, I think that I've tried to think that self-doubt, though, makes you work better and makes you better because I think if you become overconfident, that's where you sort of get yourself into danger and you might not think about things that you do. So I'm trying to flip self-doubt into being, you know, the thing that, that humbles you and makes you more measured and hopefully makes you a better person and a better, better creator as well. Oh, absolutely, because I think without it, it means you don't care. Yeah. And if you don't care, then what's the point? And it you means know? you think you can't improve and that's a dangerous place to be. It's a, and That's an awful place to be. I never, ever want to no. be in that place. And I have had those discussions with my editor because sometimes they get a bit worried about the feedback that they're giving you and that it's going to upset you. And I've <laughs> said to her, straight up, tell me the truth. I don't ever want to be in a place where I can't improve because yes. at that point I should put my pen down. Yeah, absolutely. Do you still write with a pen, Sandy? No. <laughs> that was a figurative pen. I liked it, but I thought, wow, 90,000 words with a pen, that is impressive. I, the first two books were written with I pen know, and paper. I, know. Um, I remember you telling me that. But now my deadlines are a lot tighter than they used to be. Um, I don't have the luxury of doing that. <laughs> I also love the tagline where not everyone is telling the truth. And I remember we spoke about the Banks Year Bay Beach Shack and we talked about how it was almost like a thriller, you know, and you have these secrets and these revelations and I feel like you've done this again with this book tell me about this because I think we all have parts of ourselves we may not want to share or I don't want to say secrets but things we don't want to share with people I think we can all resonate with that yeah I think so too and you know I know I certainly have things that I don't tell everybody in my life there are things that you know my mum who thinks she knows everything about me probably doesn't know everything (laughs) about me and that's not necessarily a bad thing Um, and obviously in fiction and particularly in the stories I write that's the the catalyst to drive the story forward is that you know maybe not everybody's telling the whole truth it's not necessarily a big deep dark secret but it's something that they're holding back and somebody else wants to find out what that is and that's what drives my stories forward I think Mm. but there's reality in that too because if you think um you know you do present yourself differently to different people and they're still your authentic self but you're going to be different you know hanging out with your dad maybe than you are with your best girlfriend who you've known since you were four you know there's going to be differences to those relationships and perhaps what you talk about so I think you do even though it's still your authentic self you do present different authentic selves to different people yeah, it's like Shrek. We all have layers, right? Oh, I love that. Like an onion. <laughs> and different people see our different layers. You're absolutely right. The person mm. I am with my husband is a very different person to who I am with you, for example, and with the mums from school. And, again, that's not a bad thing. That's just who we are. And and I think we need those different yes. forms of expression. I can't express myself the same way to my husband, who I've been with now for 28 years, as I do with my girlfriends. You yeah. know? And that's okay. Mm. And it's actually probably needed because imagine if I was giving everything like that to him he'd get sick of me in no time (laughs) 
<laughs> but also I think people bring out different parts of you, you know, and I find that really interesting. You know, sometimes you're quite measured and you're quite serious. I don't know if that's ever us, but then sometimes <laughs> you're just not with each other anyway. <laughs> Because you just let loose and, you know, and I, I found that when I was in the classroom for 17 years, you just became this different person because you had to, you know, be very professional and, mm -hmm. you know, talk about and then their kids, you know, so that kind of thing. So it's interesting. I really like the idea that different people bring different things out in you. I find that really interesting. And it's really nice when you connect with a new group of people and discover a part of yourself that you yes. didn't actually know existed. Yeah, that's cool. I really like that too. Oh, I love how we have these chats, Andy. <laughs> We're very deep and meaningful, oh, aren't we? We're going to do this in real life. Lock it in. Don't know when. I know. Yeah, when we're free again. Yeah. Let's lock in. Lock in November. And if we need to push it further into the future, we will. Done. I like to have goals, even if they're unrealistic. Have faith. Have faith. <laughs> I'm overly optimistic. So I've just come to terms with that. Fact. <laughs> I often say things that are never going to come true, but as long as. I can sort of believe them. They get me through to the next month, so we're all good. <laughs> now we have Anne who had to feel, um, you know, who had a secret that she's been keeping and it, and it gets discovered. So what do you think about, you know, making a mistake and that mistake defining you? And I feel like that's even more so today with social media that it's almost like you make a mistake one mistake out of all the millions of mistakes you haven't made and that's the thing that defines you what do you think about that it worries me yeah um, I've got a 15 year old daughter and it worries me immensely the way that our lives play out so much on social media mm -hmm. luckily Anne didn't have to worry about that you know she's our, <laughs> yes. she's our 80 year old so she grew up in a time where that wasn't the but case there was still a secret revealed you know and I worry about how a mistake or an error of judgment mm. can define you that one moment and then all the other moments are forgotten. These are the things that keep me up at night, Sandy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's true. And I, I know I've made decisions and made mistakes and, and I keep myself up about those things, even if other people don't. I think, you know, it's easier for us to hang on to the negative than the positive. And I think there's a famous line in uh, Pretty Woman, I think it is, where she says to him, the bad things are easier to believe mm. about yourself. And so, yeah, those mistakes do stay with us. And particularly in this day and age, if you make those mistakes publicly, they're never going to go mm. away. And it, it is frightening, as I said, particularly with a teenage daughter. Mm. And we are often harder on ourselves and I'm not sure. And I often try because I, you know, when I've been to see, you know, professionals about my own anxiety, I've often tried to really take on what they've said about treat yourself the way you treat your friend, because that inner talk of yourself and you know, like I shouldn't have done that. That was a terrible mistake. I'm an awful person. You'd never say that to your friend. If they came to you and said, I did X, you'd be like, that's okay. You're human. You're an amazing person. You made one mistake, but you don't have that conversation with yourself. So I've been trying really hard to sort of think, well, what would I say to my best friend and try and say that to myself? It's hard. It is hard. <laughs> it is hard. We are our own worst critics, mm. whether that's in our personal life or our professional life. We are. And yeah, you're so right. You would never say that to a friend. No, and, never. and that's the beauty about uh, fiction, though, is that we can weave those stories of forgiveness in as well and, you know, have those other characters be that best friend and, mm. and say, so, you know, actually, no, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. No, that's really important. I just find that fascinating why we're so hard on ourselves and, you know, we're all going to do things we probably you know shouldn't have or look back on in retrospect and think you could have done them better but you know and there are many mistakes ahead of us too <laughs> yeah we're not finished yet right <laughs> unfortunately all my mistakes haven't stopped in 2021 
Well, that's one of the things that Anne says, and I've shared this quote on my social media, that, you know, she thought that that stage in her life she would have had all of the answers and she realises that she knows actually less than she did beforehand, you know, in her 80s. So. You know what? I've, my, I have two small children and we watch Frozen a lot. And there's one part where, you know, Olaf says, um, you know, I'll know everything when I get older or paraphrasing, you know, when I get older, I'll have all the answers to everything. And, and my kids are like, oh, I can't wait till we get older and have the answers to everything. <laughs> yeah, sorry, kids. <laughs> I'm sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> just let them believe that for a little bit longer, hey? The answers are just going to get harder. Like the questions get harder. The questions, that, and that's the thing, the questions get harder. <laughs> But there are no answers to them at all. And that's funny. Of course, Anne finds solace in establishing the Waddle Island Book Club, which is where we all, of course, people who listen to this podcast and who come onto this podcast, we find solace and comfort in books and reading and talking about stories as well. So what is comforting about stories to Anne and to you? I think the thing about stories and why book clubs are such a huge part of the Australian way of life at the moment you know I know from the mums at school I don't I don't think I know a mum at school who's not in a book club mm-hmm. of some form or another and I think it's that it's it's a, a few things it's the chance to escape which I think at the moment we're all mm-hmm. looking for to escape our own reality yeah. you know from lockdown and all of the things that are going on in the world but it's also a chance to relate to what's going on in those stories we, when we see ourselves reflected in the characters or in the plot, if the characters are going through something that you've been through in your life. And then there's the connection with other readers. And that's where, you know, you and I come into play. It's it's our love of books that have connected us and we've become friends through. And I think that's a really beautiful thing. Um, and mm. that's what books can do that, you know, few other mediums can. They, they can connect us on a very human level. Mm. And stories, you know, they've been around since human humans have been around, you know, always storytelling. Yes. And I was having this conversation with someone else when you're with your friends and you're just having a coffee. Remember, we used to go out and have coffees and stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you go historical dinner, fiction now. Historical <laughs> fiction. When you used to go and have dinner with, you know, all your friends, what are you doing? You're telling stories the whole time, you know, funny story that happened to you at work or something that made moved you or made you upset or made you angry. Yeah. Like you're telling stories constantly, even when you don't realize it. And that's why. It does connect us and it's so important. It's the oldest form of communication that we have, whether it's through verbal stories or song or paintings, you know, it's all telling the human experience through a story to other humans. Yeah, and I really hope that, um, you know, during these really challenging times that people are able to turn to art in whatever form because it is consoling and it does it does comfort you and and it makes you, allows you to escape, but it also, you know, reflects reflects life and reflects the things that we're going through. So I think that's so important as well. And I, I've just seen that with the podcast, you know, 2020, there were so many more listeners and I don't know if it coincided with the pandemic, but I felt like people needed stories and needed to hear people talking about stories and maybe needed to escape and not, you know, cause listening to the presser every day is not going to bring your life joy. <laughs> no, no, unless you're a very specific personality type. <laughs> Um, You're probably and again, not the target market for this podcast. No. And again, it's about connection. Yeah. You know, when we're stuck at home with only the same two faces that I see every day, day in, day out, connecting through that podcast and hearing somebody else's experience makes us feel human again. 
yeah and connected that's right and that's yeah. you know we're we're social beings and yeah we are i feel like this is it's taking its toll on us you know and victoria of course they've done it you know far worse mm -hmm. and far longer but it takes its toll on your mental health and your ability to connect with people and i see that with my kids as well you know one my daughter particularly she's seven but she's a very social person mm -hmm. and this lockdown she's really struggling with you know the confines of um yeah. And you know it's she's safe and we're fine and all yep. that stuff yep. but she's still struggling so it's something you know something to to make us feel connected and, and we do a lot of reading um at home because that's hopefully going to you know connect us so i think art particularly it's always important but i think particularly in hard times i know i've always turned to art in difficult times in my life Absolutely. Well, when you think back to, you know, go back to those the twenty-year-old selves we were talking about not long ago. You know, when you get your first heartbreak, you know, what do you do? You listen to sad songs. Yeah, you do. That's you what we do. All written for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I love Grace and her bucket list, and she also yes. has a need to uncover secrets too. But I'm interested in the bucket list, Andy. Tell me about this idea, and do you have one? And if you do, what's on it? <laughs> far, too, far too many things are on my bucket yeah, list. But that, uh, that should be the case, I reckon. That's true. And a lot of them are to do with travel, which <laughs> obviously a little bit tough at the moment. Um, but things like, you They're know, just a list of places, like from the Atlas. <laughs> Just pins in in the in the globe, um, you know, taking a train across Canada, for example, mm. going on safari in Africa. There are those sorts of yeah. of big ticket um, items right. for me. But there's also things like I'd love to learn another language just mm -hmm. for fun, you know, or maybe study something like classics at university again just for fun, not not towards any degree or anything like that. So yeah, I've got a few things on my bucket list, and and Grace definitely has some things on her bucket list and she's um she's embracing that and we actually start the story with her bungee jumping which is one of the things on her bucket list and it's interesting that um that was a later addition to the novel these bucket lists for grace mm, i i was struggling with grace's story at the very beginning of the writing um because she's going through some pretty deep heavy things and I kind of went down that rabbit hole and was in this really dark place with her and I hadn't found the joy in mm -hmm. her story yet and I knew I had to find that and it um I can't remember how it came to me one day uh, actually I do remember someone on Facebook a friend of mine on Facebook had posted a picture of them I think it was climbing a glacier or something wow. like that like really wild and crazy and it's a woman my age and I was like man I wish I had the guts to do something mm -hmm. like that and that sort of triggered something in me when I was thinking about Grace's story and how to find her joy and I thought ah, oh, what if Grace was like that what oh, if I she had that. a bucket list yes. that she really wanted to complete and not just you know boring me like study classics and learn a language but full-on jump out of airplanes boring. you said you wanted to travel you have these amazing like traveling through yeah but in a safe way i'm not jumping out of any airplanes i was about to say did you bungee jump for research no 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 no. i asked my friends who had bungee jumped for research i've showed my kids a picture of me bungee jumping and now they want to go bungee jumping with me but by the time they're old enough i'm really not sure if i'm going to be up for that seat. well there is an 80 year old who bungee jumps with grace so you never okay. know Oh goodness me! <laughs> um, yeah, forward. and it was really interesting. Once I once I hit on that idea of this bucket list for Grace, 
her whole story opened up mm. for me because mm. I had found the joy in her and yeah. it was the best thing I could have done for her story. Mm, I love that. And you know what, bucket lists, I like them because they're, they're personal to you. And I don't think it matters what's on your bucket list as long as it's authentic to you. There's no point in putting jumping out of a plane if that's not what you want to do. Like this is your bucket list and you need to put, you know, your joys and your hopes on them. So I love that they're so personal and, you know, a lot of them are doable, I guess. You know, when you think about yours, when we go back into travelling, very doable, you know. And that was one of the things that Grace's uncle, who was the, um, the catalyst for her starting her bucket list when she's seven years mm. old, says to her, have some really big dreams yeah. that, yeah. you know, you'd be working towards your entire life, yeah. but also have some ones that you know you can achieve. And so when Definitely. she was seven, it was like having cupcakes for breakfast, for example, yeah. um, which, you know, that's I achievable. Like that. yeah. um, I might put that on my own bucket list, actually. <laughs> actually, I'm adding it now. Where's my pen? <laughs> Yeah, and it's really important. And the other thing about Grace is, um, you know, it changes over time. You know, mm. what's on your bucket list when you're seven is different to what's on your bucket list. Well, I don't know, Sandy. I think 20. we just said that her bucket list is very relevant. Well, the cupcake eating one is, yeah, I'm not so sure about I think at one point she wanted to marry Justin Timberlake, although that could still be relevant too, well, couldn't it? I wouldn't say no. <laughs> I mean, I'd rather Keanu Reeves, but, you know, sure. Yeah, well, then he can go on yours as your yes. personal little triumph. Excellent. Well, I think on your bucket list you should have the impossible dreams yes. and then you should have the achievable dreams and you should have everything in between because who Absolutely. knows? Who knows? Kenny Ribs might just come to Sydney and he might. We might have a coffee. Who knows? That's right. Not impossible. It's improbable. <laughs> <laughs> Kiana, if you're listening. <laughs> Just you never know. Just you slide into know. my DMs. <laughs> this is where we've gotten silly. Yeah, we do that, don't we? But that's okay. It's, again, it's about connection. It is. It is. And needing a laugh, I think. <laughs> now, what I liked, it's, it's a story about friendship, but it's moving beyond trauma and healing. And they're very difficult things to do. And, you know, part of me wonders, do you ever get over trauma or do you just move through it? You know, I remember when my auntie passed away and she was my godmother and my mum was very close to her. And, you know, I remember people saying, it's okay, like over time you'll get over it. And I had this quiet chat to my mum and I'm saying, I don't want us to get over it, you know, because that that means, I don't know, that means we kind of not forgotten her, but it means, you know, a part of you, I think, always needs to long for that person and it always needs to hurt a little bit because I don't want to forget her. I don't want to get over her, you know. So I think that's an interesting thing about moving beyond trauma and healing but still kind of feeling it a little bit. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I don't think you ever get over and you shouldn't. trauma. And no, you shouldn't. And it's part of who you are. And that's actually one of the themes that runs through it with Sam, who's a potter. And he practices the art of kintsugi, which is the Japanese art of joining broken pottery with mm-hmm. um, gold. Yeah, I love that. And the philosophy behind that is those flaws and those scars actually make you more beautiful and they're part of your story and I love that and that's something that runs through for all of the characters for Sam for Anne for Grace and yeah I don't think you ever do you know I've had some fairly big traumas in my life I've you know I've lost a child and that was 16 years ago now and while I am a you know perfectly well I was going to say perfectly functioning that might be up for debate um, but, you know moderately functioning human. moderately functioning adult I was thinking for myself attending on you um you know and and life has continued and there are some wonderful things in my life at the moment that never goes away no. that feeling of loss and that sadness no. it never goes away you learn 
to deal with it. Yep. You learn to pack it away in a nice little corner of your heart and every and now and then. And it doesn't um, wake you up in the night anymore. Like, it, no. like grief, like gr- real raw grief does, but yeah. it's still ever present. It's still there. It's mm-hmm. still there. And every now and then it comes to the surface and you yep. deal with it and then you pack it away again. And, and yeah, I don't think you, and anything big like that, I don't think you can ever get over. And I don't like that phrase. And I think it might have been in the Kookaburra Creek Cafe, which was my first novel. Um, I'm pretty sure Alice says something like that, you know, mm. that you don't get over something. No. You just keep going. Yeah, and nor should you, I think, because I, you know, I think part of that that pain that you hold on to is, is, is love, you know, yeah. for that thing or person or experience that you've lost. Yeah, and, and you don't want to let go of that, right? No, absolutely. And I read somewhere else, I can't remember where and I'm paraphrasing, but that's that's the price of love. Like the price of love is loss and pain. Mm. And you're not going to give away love, are you? <laughs> no, no. And you also know then how precious everything else is. Yep. You know, when you've gone through something like that, Mm. when you've lost something or someone or whatever trauma it is that you've gone through, you see other things in a different light. Mm. I love this. We've just gone from giggling to a very (laughs) deep, Sandy. (laughs) I love this. This is exactly what I need in my life. (laughs) Now, I liked how the book, it sort of had three, I mean, there were lots of themes in, in the book, but I think there were three sort of major ones, courage, passion and hope and I sat back and thought about that for a minute and I thought if you have a life of courage passion and hope you don't need much more do you because they cover so much they really really do and they're not always easy to find Mm. in your life and there are times where they will be absent and that is definitely reflected in the journey of the characters in the Waddle Island book club you know there are times where you need to be brave and you just can't find that courage Um, and there are times where you know you can't follow your passions for whatever reasons usually you know just life getting on top of things and there are times where you lose hope Um, but if you know that those times are going to pass I think that's the really important thing because a life without hope in particular I think is a really tough life to have and and as I said it's okay to lose it for the moment you know and I've certainly been in places where Mm. that's gone from my life Um, but knowing that it can come back is really important Mm. and that's where who you surround yourself with is really important in your life. Absolutely. And I just thought those three sort of themes, they covered so yeah. much, you know, courage helps you to do hard things and it helps you to be resilient and hope helps you keep moving forward. But passion is the thing that keeps you excited about life and it's gives you joy. Living for. Yeah, that's exactly, you know, what else are we yeah. here for? So for me, like yeah. passion was the big one of, you know, whether it's passion for, um, you know, the thing that you do or your hobby or your job or your friends or your family or your partner, like having passion in your life is, is just so important because that's the thing that gets you out of bed in the morning, you know, that makes you feel that spark inside yourself. So really resonated those three things. I think that's all you need, Sandy. Courage, yeah, <laughs> passion good. and hope. <laughs> oh, and freedom. But, you know, that comes under hope, right? That's, yeah, that we're in the hope <laughs> stage of freedom at the moment i've loved this chat and i I do have a last question but you've been on a number of times now so i've had to sort of tweak the last question for words and nerds i'm gonna have to keep tweaking it just for you sandy it's all right it keeps you on your toes danny (laughs) as it does so i've asked you before why you write and then i think when we spoke um recently and said you know what defines a sandy docker book but why do you keep writing (laughs) 
because I haven't finished telling all of the stories that clog up my brain. <laughs> there are so many. Like if you could cut my brain open, um, you would just see this great big mess of mm. ideas and stories. And I have to keep telling them because I've got to get them out. If, if they stay in there, I think I might go a little bit crazy. Um, <laughs> but there's always stories to tell, Yeah, you know, no matter what it is I've already covered, there's always something else to cover about the human experience because the human experience never ends. Mm. And, and as storytellers, you know, there are so many different angles and so many different pathways we can take to tell those stories. And when you are a writer, you, ha you have to keep writing. It, it's that passion in your life that without it, you know, I don't think I would exist. Mm. So, um, yeah, that's what keeps me going. There's, yeah, there's another story and behind that there's another one and behind that there's another one. So. It's funny that you mentioned writing because as you were mentioning that, I'm thinking, well, writing takes courage and passion oh, yeah. and hope, <laughs> you know, doesn't it? Like, isn't that funny? You've got to be courageous enough to write it and think that it's going to be okay and have someone else read it, passion to make you do it and then hope that someone's going to like it and pick it up and publish it. And, <laughs> and every one of those stages is a really scary stage yeah, to be in, you yeah. know, um, not not just the courage to write it but then to put it out there that's yes. a frightening part to me even four books in mm. knowing that Wattle Island was going out there that was a scary moment for me you know there are times where I'm like no no I should just keep that to myself you know <laughs> I'm glad you didn't <laughs> no so am I because you know you get over that moment of, of hesitation and um and then you know yeah you hope that people it like it yeah. and will take it you know, to heart and will tell their friends about it. Um, but the passion is what keeps us going. I think anyone in any creative field couldn't do it if they didn't have passion about it. Yeah, you know, we don't, yeah. we don't get the rewards, you know, from a monetary point of view. Very few artists in any field actually make money off their art and mm. the writers are no different to that. You know, it's, that's not why we're doing it. We're doing it because it's inside us. It's our passion and we have to. And with writing, it's it's quite a solitary experience until you get to the collaborative, you know, part where you're working with editors, etc. It's it's very you in your room with yeah. your laptop bashing on the words, going, "Is this all right? I don't yeah. know." And in any one day, you can be thinking, "Man, I'm the best writer in the world." And then half an hour later, you look at what's on the page and you go, "Well, that's Ooh. a pile of well, I'm deluded." You know, that's not even words. Um, well, they're words, but they're very bad. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, just strange markings on the screen. Um, and you can move through that, you know, a number of times in one writing session. Mm, yeah. Um, and, yeah, you are doing it on your own. And even if you've got supportive family, and I have a very supportive husband, um, he doesn't get it. Yeah. He doesn't understand what it's like to do something creative like that. He's a very, you know, he's an engineer, computer yep. engineer. So he's he's a very different brain than, than me. Um, so it is a very solitary pursuit. But then once it's out there and you get to do interviews like this and you get to connect with readers, and I've had quite a few messages already from readers. Um, I had one tonight saying, oh, my God, I loved it. I've just finished it. When's the next one coming <laughs> out? And I was like, whoa, hang on, slow down. <laughs> I'm trying really hard. And it's kind of like when you have a kid and then your, your in-laws say, so when's 
the next one. Yeah, it's lovely. Uh, well, it's like you that. know, I'm still in hospital, so let's give it a yeah. break. <laughs> um, but, you know, that connection, that that's, you know, all the solitary months that we spend leading up to that point is all worth it when we make that connection with our readers. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, once again, Sandy, we've spoken so many times and we never run out of interesting things to say, and that's the absolute joy of speaking with you and having these conversations. And we've traversed a lot as usual tonight. <laughs> We have. Which has been a real joy, particularly when we're, you know, locked in our houses. It's so nice to have these, as we kept saying, connections and interesting conversations that, you know, make you think. And I know I'm going to stop this podcast now and go and have my cup of tea, but I'm going to be thinking about the things that we spoke about. And they're the best conversations, the ones that keep going around in your mind. So thank you so much for Sandy to my Danny. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Danny. And uh, what our listeners may not know is that we've never actually met in person yet and we are dying to do so. So thank you so much for having me on. And hopefully between now and when the next one does come out, we can actually meet in person. That would be wonderful. And it's funny but because I have such deep conversations with people on the podcast, the meeting in real life has become less and less and less important. And sometimes I'll meet, you know, someone after a year or two of being, you know, quite good friends and you think, oh, this is going to be weird, but it's just, it's not because I think we've all really come to terms with, you know, how to communicate as best as we can via Zoom or socials or phone or whatever. So it's really interesting that you think this is going to be really weird, but it's just so you just go, bam. As long as it's not disappointing because that wouldn't be like if we finally get to me and then you're really disappointed in me, that's not going to be good. I just feel like you, there's a lot of pressure here. <laughs> no pressure on me. I don't want you to be disappointed in me. Never, 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 never. I actually think that because going on a bit of a tangent, I will meant to end this interview but whatever um, when you're on socials you know you do put the best photos of yourself or you know best lighting whatever you're not gonna you know that's what you do and I always think people are just gonna be bitterly disappointed when they see you that you're not your Instagram page going oh wow, is that what she really looks like oh, she's shorter than I thought oh I'm heaps short Sandy so just... so am I I'm tiny well tiny height wise I'm tall, huge the other way how tall are you 162 centimeters <gasps> I'm 157. Oh, so we're, we're a match made in heaven, Danny and Sandy. I like how you said you're really tiny and I'm still smaller. My daughter is 175 centimetres tall, so she oh, is wow. constantly putting me in my short place. <laughs> well, you know, we're always getting people to, you know, get things from high shelves, so. Yeah. Hmm, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so lovely to speak to you again and uh, we shall speak again soon and in the real life one day soon i don't want to put a date on it that's disappointing <laughs> <laughs> it will happen it will it absolutely will thanks sandy thank you danny thanks so much for having me Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. We'd love to engage with you on social media. You can find the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Danny V Books, Words and Nerds podcast. You can also subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Stay safe and read more books.